You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and I'm super excited to be speaking with Rory Stern on playing for the long term. Rory, welcome to the show. Thank you, Asher. I'm very excited to be here. So, Rory, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are, because you have a very interesting journey of starting off in the States and moving across the pond. We'd love to hear that. So my journey started um, uh, back in the States. Um, I uh, started at Yext in 2009, um, directly out of Arizona State University. Um, from there, I was there for two and a half years, cold calling, cold calling, cold calling, six hours of talk time, 250 uh, cold calls a day. Um, and, and from there, my career just progressed. I, I, I loved my time at Yext. I really enjoyed those two and a half years, believe it or not, made my best friends, uh, found my biggest mentors. Um, and, and then from there, I realized I needed to get into SMB sales at some point. Um, I took a couple of jobs in enterprise sales a year each. Um, and then I rejoined Yext in 2013 on their enterprise team. I quickly became one of our top enterprise salespeople in North America. And then because of that, had the opportunity to jump across the pond in 2016 to lead our efforts of building out our European business. Uh, today, uh, Vice President of Northern European Sales at, uh, at Cybel Angel. Um, I just joined. Uh, we're the technological leader in, in third-party data leak protection for large enterprises. Um, and and my, uh, my partner, Steph, and I today live in London. Superb. And so the topic that it shows is an interesting one. You said playing for the long term. And I know there's a few things that we want to uh, want to talk about in this podcast. But why did you choose this topic called playing for the long term? Yeah, I think that's that's a it's an important part of my career, I think, in the way that I viewed my career, Asher. Um, it was never my intention to jump into sales to become a sales manager, right? Um, I jumped into sales to be a salesperson uh, and to make money and to um, fulfill aspects of my life um, or accomplish goals in my life that I, that I knew I needed to accomplish. Um, and I think that what I find in, in this you know, tech world that we all live in, people are rushing to get that leadership job. Like no matter what, you know, they need this leadership job. And to me, that wasn't always what I was chasing. And I think that is something that people are, are, are missing right now. They're losing the forest through the trees because they're just so focused on, on managing people and, and getting that first dose of power. Um, and I think that that um, is, is something that people need to reflect on and look at because that doesn't serve people as well as they think it does. I always say it. Be careful what you ask for or wish for because you just might get it. And when you get it, there's no turning back. <laughs> Fact. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And, and I think that you know the reason I'm able to be a successful sales leader and the reason that I'm able to, frankly, get 
sales reps to want to work for me is because I've done this job. The job that I'm going to be asking them to do, I did it for years at a very high level. Um, in a company where we we took it from you know a startup to an IPO, um, and I learned so much as an IC, and so much about building a business, and so much about a culture, and so much about just frankly doing the right thing and being human inside of of a business um, as an IC. That if I didn't have um, frankly the financial stability that I was able to to earn as an IC. And the experience and all of the, you know, the battle scars, there's no way I would be as good as a leader today um, otherwise. Well, the saying, been there, done that, definitely comes true <laughs> as, you, as you tell me what you're saying. So tell us a little bit about hiring in Europe. I know there's, and even from my own personal experience, I know People try to use this cookie cutter approach, especially the folks that are uh, that are let's say born and raised in North America uh, yeah. professionally, and uh, and then they try to use it uh, in multiple uh, places in the world, and it doesn't necessarily work the same way because there's nuances and there's regional nuances. So, and you've spent a tremendous amount of time in in Europe, and I know everybody calls the region EMEA, uh, but there's so many like micro regions in the in the in the in in that uh, larger region. So tell us a little bit about how should one think about hiring in Europe and some tips that you can give to us on doing it successfully. So to hire in Europe, you kind of have, or hire anywhere, but but particularly in Europe, you have to think of it from two perspectives. You have the, the actual people and then you have the tools that you're going to leverage to find those people, right? Um, so the people part is obviously the most fascinating of this whole conversation. It's the cultures. It's, you know, um, what is um, what is innate in somebody from the UK, you know, how, what's in their DNA um, versus somebody in, in France versus somebody in Germany versus somebody in Spain. Um, compensation packages look different. Um, you know, some countries are 60-40 splits. Some are 40-60 splits. Some are 50-50, which is much more similar to the US. Um, then you have employment law. Right. Um, it's wild. You know, you have to wait for a junior person sometimes in France three months. As If you want to hire a BDR from another company, they have to give that company legally three months notice. As an American, that's absurd. Right. Like, how am I going to wait 20 for a 22 year old for three months? OK, um, so so these are the things you have to you have to think about. You then also have to realize that <clears throat> some uh, sales is not um, as commonplace, I would say, in Europe. That's not the right word. Um, I would say that sales is, uh, it's, it's just different. It's just different, right? In, in North America, everybody is a salesperson. Doctor, lawyer, doesn't matter who you are, you're selling, right? Yep. It carries a little bit more of a stigma uh, in Europe, right? Um, you have to be, I think, more human frankly. Um, and, and you have to, um, you know, you have to find people that's, um, that want to sell, that really want to sell. And, and that is a hard, hard thing to do. Very hard thing to do in Europe. Um, and you have to figure out what makes them tick. And a lot of times based off of how they were raised and based off of the cultures in these countries, um, 
you know, what makes somebody tick is going to be a little different uh, region by region. Um, so, you know, the Brits, for instance, are, um, are very um, uh, proud, right, in a way, in a, in a cool way, because it's like, keep calm and carry on, right? Well, they got bombed during World War II. Like, in America, we don't know what that, that's like. You know what I mean? Like, keep calm and carry on is actually because, like, that's just, like, a mentality that they had to take on um, during World War II. And that's something that America's really, you know, never dealt with up until 9-11. Um, and, and, and I know that people are going to say, well, what does this have to do with today? But, like, how you're raised, how your parents – um, were raised, how your grandparents were raised, all of that does lead into your DNA today. You're, so, you're, you're big a valid point. You I, know? Mean, I mean, I, mean I, I would say that at some level, selling is empathy-based in North America as well. Um, but, but I would say it's an, it's an acquired taste. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and it's just becoming uh, what... I would say the people outside of the sellers outside the U.S. have known for a while. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that so you have the you have to, you have the people right that you're that you're going after, and then you have your tools. Obviously, um, I'm a massive fan of of my own outreach. I do my own recruiting. Um, I use LinkedIn Recruiter. I think that's a fantastic tool. Um, and and then from there. You know, when I when I talk to these um, sales reps, I am very human. Okay, I believe in sales that you have to be human, and I think there's this. You know, I hate the expression "ABC always be closing." I hate it because that's not sales, right? That is that is let's that's that is a different type of sale frankly that is aggressive that is way more transactional you can't i'm in the enterprise business you can't always be yep. closing in the enterprise business yep okay um i think that that is i like to say always be human yep. right put yourself in that in the other person's position okay um you know, so is the person that i'm interviewing is the candidate that i'm speaking with somebody who has you know, natural human tendencies, and they are comfortable um, in their skin. Um, they want to meet people. They want um, to be better, uh, and they're genuinely curious. Yep. Uh, and so, yep. I, I guess one of the stories that you told me about was how quickly you're able to hire people, right? Mm -hmm. So I see what you're telling me, and I, I I'm understanding it, and. You know, getting to know people takes time, mm -hmm. but then the needs of these companies that we're all employed by are, are is how can you do something as fast and as scalable as possible? So um, I think that's a really interesting question, and I think that can depend on what type of business you're in and the stage of business you're in, right? So when I right now current situation at Cyber Angel, I have. Um, about, um, let's just say 10 heads right now. Okay. And with these BDR heads, I'm going to be much more aggressive in the hiring. Um, I, I reached out to them directly, recent college grads. Um, and 
rock and roll. They're ready to go, full of energy, full of life. They're ready, uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, right? Um, and, and that is probably in total an hour per person, right? In total for, for time with me, right? Now, with an account executive <clears throat> in this current situation that I'm in here at Cyble Angel, I am building my foundational team. This is a very, very sensitive um, time, right? Great time. But, you know, your foundational team is, is, is special time. Um, I'm spending three hours with each AE candidate before, um, you know, before I would offer them. I want to know a lot about them. Um, you know, I want to I know that, um, A, they can talk to me for that long over the course of, uh, you know, a couple of days. Um, I want to know that they are curious, like I, I mentioned before. Um, and, I, and I genuinely want to get to understand what makes them tick. And that takes time. So there's that stage of a business. And then you have, you know, where I come from at Yext, where, you know, every year you're given X amount of headcount, you got to double, double, double. So I wasn't able to spend three hours with every AE I was going to hire there, right? And the process was more built out and I was able to bring in my colleagues and my peers into those processes. Um, you know, we were, tar- we turned into a well-oiled machine at that point. Um, so again, I, I um, it's different on the role, it's different on the company. And, and so I guess let's shift gears a little bit. And this idea of cultivating champions has come up quite a bit. I mean, it's been there forever, but in the last few months, it's come up quite a bit just because of the way we are progressing in the world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, 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 and where we used to be able to meet people, we aren't able to meet people anymore. And I know in at least in the European culture, uh, or at least I would say in the non-American culture, right? Like meeting people face to face is extremely important, right? Yeah. And so, so can you give us some tips or share your mental model of how have you cultivated champions in the past? Because you do need to enable somebody in the account who can watch out for you when you're not there. Mm-hmm. And how are you thinking about cultivating champions now in this coming year? Yeah, that's fair. Um, First things first, it goes back to that be human, right? Um, I'm very direct. I'm very honest. Um, I'm very passionate about if I believe in what I'm selling and I would never take a job where I didn't, um, then I'm, I'm very passionate, I'm very energetic, and I'm very persistent. Um, and I'm unapologetically myself. Um, and I'm not afraid to hustle. I was not afraid back in the, you know, in the in the real days of sales, pre-COVID, I guess. Um, you know, I wasn't afraid to get in a plane to go have a sandwich um, with the president of a prospect um, for a large business um, because I know he liked this particular barbecue sandwich um, or this particular cup of coffee, and I could be in town, right? Um, and just that hustle, I think shows champions and that energy shows champions or shows a person that you could turn into a champion. This human, he believes in what he's doing. He's a good person. And maybe he can help me get my next promotion. Right. And, and that is, is, um, something that, you know, you always, if you're, if you start building that relationship with your champion or soon to be champion, you got to figure out what's important to them too right? Just human to human level. 
uh, kind of back to what I was saying on the interview process. You got to just spend time with them, see what makes them tick. Um, and again, just always bring that passion, always bring that energy. Be honest. Don't ever waffle around a direct question. That drives me bonkers when a sales rep waffles around a direct question. Even if it's a no, just say it. That will give you so much points in that champion's eyes. So that's that's just ground rules for, for and, and, and back in the day, get on that airplane, right? That was the thing. Today, um, I believe it's still a lot of the, the same values still hold true. You got to have energy. You got to have the passion. Um, obviously, the product knowledge. Um but today, I think it's it's um, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting world. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I wish I did, but I think it has a combination of um, more human touches. How are you? How's your family? You know, how's your community dealing with what's going on in the world today? Um, confronting what's going on in the world today. Um, you know, asking how it's impacting their business, getting to know how their company or their, their community is handling things, I think is important. Um, but at the same time, I think it's also today really important to be uh, um, positive, right? People want some positivity today. So just, you know, realize that this year's a tough year um, for the whole world. We all know that. Um, don't forget the, your glass half full mentality. Um, and just, just, just keep the positivity up. And that's really all you can hope for right now. I think, I think the whole world's trying to figure this out. You know, how do we, how do we cultivate the champion over zoom? It's, it's a difficult and I would say interesting challenge. And for folks who like to hustle, I'm pretty sure you guys are all welcoming the challenge. (laughs) The, the, the one thing that I think our audiences will love to know is what do you do when you go wrong in cultivating a champion, right? Because, <laughs> look, okay, look, I think people love to be successful. Some of us like to be successful a lot more than others, <laughs> you know? And 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 I've gone through life where people have called me to be an extremely aggressive person. And I understand <laughs> that, right? It's, a, it's, it's, it's who I am. And, uh, and, uh, and, but... But at some point in time, you know, we've all made some sort of a mistake in cultivating a champion. And I'm not saying lying in any of that stuff. Like everybody's trying to do something good for themselves, for their families and stuff like that. Perhaps but, it was a personality clash. Absolutely. Right. And, and so well, what do you do then? You have to be incredibly self-aware in our business to, to perform at a high level, as you know. Right. Um, the best people are, are likely the most self-aware. Um, and when you feel that tension, you know, you, there's a couple ways to handle it. One, you can just kind of directly handle it and say, Hey, you know, is there, you know, address the elephant in the room. If there's an elephant in the room, that's a fairly low percentage shot, right? That could blow up even worse in your face. Um, or you can realize, try to realize what you're doing to piss that person off. Right. So perfect example. And, and, as an American coming over to the UK, something that we can do is be way too loud and obnoxious, right? Let's just be honest. Um, you know, we are a loud culture, um, or maybe it's just me. Um, and the that's not normal here, right? Nobody wants to see that loud American running into their office, um, you know, screaming from the rooftops. Um, so you have to learn you know, I had to teach myself that, all right, maybe, maybe my energy is at a 10 right now. Maybe I need to be at a six, 
right? You know, and I'll have to show my energy in different ways. Maybe I'll just be more um, hand gestures or more, you know, nonverbal communication. Um, but you do have to be conscious of your surroundings and, and how people view you and perceive you because in many ways, perception is reality. I agree. I've always thought that, you know, if you do wrong somebody, but your heart is in a good place, just go apologize. Sure, and it's never, sure. Like, never not later, right? And and it could be a year later. And you're just like, if you think and you've realized, just go back and call them up and say, look, it was wrong of me. Let's go figure this thing out. And you can turn the situation around. It's It's been amazing how many times if I've been wrong to then- do that. If you've wronged them, Asher, I 100% agree with you on that. Um, 100% agree with you. Personality clashes, um, I don't know if that's a wrong. Yes, true. True. No, no, you, 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 have, you have a valid, valid, valid point. Yeah. So any, any stories uh, or I would <laughs> say is there one story of cultivating a champion that you're, uh, that you're like, hey, I, I, I need to tell people this story because it's just amazing. I don't have a specific story, Asher, um, where I cultivate a champion. Um, I keep those close close to the vest, I think, um, uh, for for the respect of of this champion as well, right? These are people that I'm still friends with, and uh, you know, I I think that's something that I really enjoy about our career is that you turn these champions into friends too, right? Because if you're being human and you're genuinely uh, helping them, then you then it's 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 a beautiful thing. Um, but I think that there's several things, some tricks. That help, right? Um, I like to get um, in texting relationships with my champions as quickly as possible, right? Um, I think that is a is a uh, kind of shows you they're lowering their guard a little bit if they're letting you have that text conversation with them. Um, I believe in randomly picking up the phone and calling them pretty regularly. Like, doesn't need to be scheduled calls. We're salespeople. Just pick up the phone and call them. Um, and then be conscious again of what's going on in their lives. Um, you know, it's, it's okay if they have a baby to send them something nice, you know, not expensive, but just a nice gesture, um, you know, that you're human, you're thinking about them. It doesn't have to have your company's logo on it either. Right. Um, but these are, you know, what, what we call relationship building exercises. Um, and it's, it's, I think people perceive those things as, you know, calculated, um, and, um, and bribery and such. Well, like, yeah, if I send you, you know, Super Bowl tickets or UEFA league, you know, uh, championship tickets. Yeah. Maybe that's bribery, but like a nice card for congratulating you on, um, you know, on your, on your child. I don't think that's bribery. It's, it's, it's the little things that matter in the end. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. It's the details. It's the details. I always say you can always find some company to pay for any of the the activities that you want to do, but it's the simple things that, that make a difference in the end. Yeah, totally. All right. Let's talk about career progression because it sounds like what you've experienced, uh, you were very, I would say, maybe calculated is not the right way, but the methodical about it. I right? like calculated. I have no problem with the word calculated. Yeah. <laughs> Super. I think, yeah. I think, it's got a, I think it's got a bad rap. It is. It's just the way agenda or politics all get a bad rep. I think like like people should know where they're going. At least that's my firm belief, right? And, I agree. Uh, and, and they should spend some time to understand where they're going. And then they should share it with other people because 
others may be struggling with trying to figure out how they're going to get to some point. And if you share your example or your story, they may just take a pointer or two. And then now you have a friend that you could go through the life with. Amen, Asher. It's, uh, I think there's a massive difference between a hidden agenda and being calculated. I love it. So tell us a little bit about your career progression tips. Yeah. Okay. Look, uh, I think it's, I don't think it's anything crazy, right? Um, first of all, I've said it again. I've said it once, said it twice, or three times in this podcast, always be human. Um, think about what you want. Don't rush out of being an IC. Okay. So think about what you want, because if you want to be an IC, you want to make money, you want your freedom. Don't leave being an IC today. Okay, because once you become a leader, those things go away, right? The money's not the same for your first couple of years in leadership. Um, your freedom's gone, um, and what you uh, measure as success is completely different. Your paycheck is not how you measure your success anymore, right? It's your reps' paychecks. That's how your commit reps' commission checks is how you measure your success now. It's your reps' careers. It's seeing them grow. So until you're really ready to get your professional satisfaction out of watching others grow, you're not ready. Okay. So that's, that's one aspect of it. Uh, another career tip I would say is find mentors. Now I don't believe in like going up to somebody and being like, Hey Asher, um, you know, will you be my mentor? Right. That's unnatural. Okay. Find people you look up to reach out to them genuinely be curious, ask them questions that they're experts in and genuinely listen to what they say. Take notes, right? That person is somebody you truly want to be like and emulate and that you look to them as a potential role model. When they're talking, you better be listening because there's no way to turn somebody off faster who, you know, a role model or a potential mentor faster that just literally disregarding what they say and not and speaking over them and, and genuinely just, you know, kind of patronizing them. Okay. It has to be genuine. Find your mentors. Uh, and then I think the last piece of critical advice um, for me would be if you do want to take that step from being an IC to being a leader, I do believe it's in your best interest to do it at the company where you were an IC. Okay. Um, it will, it will definitively set you up for, for a stronger success. Um, you will know how to sell the product so you can street fight alongside your reps, right? So, you know, if your reps aren't closing, you might've made a, a hiring decision that wasn't ideal. Perhaps you hired somebody who was a little, uh, more green than you thought. So now that person can't handle their bag without you jumping in. You got it. You can be comfortable doing that. Plus, you have brand capital as well, right? If you have been there hitting quota for a couple of years, your business believes in you. So I had those things at Yext. And I don't think I would have been as successful um, as a leader if I didn't have those things. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's very real. And as you were saying, I was thinking about my own journey. And, uh, and while mentors played a big part in helping me understand what's in front of me, I think that the, the sponsors actually placed me in those positions where I could learn, understand, and have and grow, but all with an umbrella. So has has that been true in, in your journey as well? Well, let me ask you, Asher, define a sponsor. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, this is great. Uh, you're the guest, but we can do it the other way. <laughs> no, wait, what's the difference between a sponsor and a mentor? I, let's start there for a second. Yeah. So to me, a mentor actually helps you understand where you're going to go and uh, and they could be internal or external. And then a sponsor is somebody who has the power to actually put you in that situation because the mentor can educate you, sure. they can share the experience with you, uh, or maybe maybe they can give you some exposure to situations and stuff like that. But that experience, uh, a sponsor uh, has the ability to actually get that done for you. Got it. So a sponsor can be both a mentor and Absolutely. a sponsor. Yep. And the mentor is probably somebody not in your, maybe not in your business, maybe not in your industry. Got it. Okay. Um, so then I would say that you find those sponsors um, because, and find both, frankly, because, you know, I have people who, uh, some of the most important people in my life um, have nothing to do with technology. Um, uh, but then obviously I've been very fortunate to, to grow great relationships with with very high level um, and, and experienced salespeople from literally my first day in tech in 2009, you know, when I started working for Brian Distelberger and Brian Rakowski. Um, and then from there, you know, as we grew, Yex just started bringing in incredible talent. And I just, anybody who came to the door, I, I started talking to, I had no, you know, as you know how this happens, when a companies grow and you bring in new executives, some people are like, oh, you know, who's this new guy coming in here and going to change our culture, right? I never had that. Like when we got a new executive in from Salesforce, which happened a lot at Yext, and I was like, I couldn't wait to meet these people, you know, and because they were professionals and, and I was really eager to learn. Um and so I guess in this case, those are sponsors. Um, and, and then you have mentors. You have to have them both. I mean, what you just said right there is so important because those new executives that come into a company are looking to learn and understand and reach out. And, and, uh, and if you can be a welcoming individual to them, then you establish some level of relationship right from the beginning because they're going to be on their own journey, right? And then, uh, and then if you hit it off, and uh, and you can uh, uh, you can learn from them and learn with them because you know nobody really has a fully baked plan that's going to go 100 percent of the time, right? Like there is some situational things that that take place. It's so important to be forward, but also be patiently forward and uh, and just let them let them reach out to you too you know i mean in my career i've made a mis- the mistake uh uh of being too forward at times but then as i learned and i hopefully our listeners can learn from both of our experiences is to be patiently forward and uh, and let the other person reach out to you too because everybody wants to help like nobody uh, wakes up and says yeah you know what today not gonna help anybody <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> That's not who we are as humans. And, and inherently, at some point in time, or some part of our being is to help other people, and 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 we all do it in in different ways. So, yeah, super. You know, well, I'm I, I, this last thing, this last piece of advice on mentors and sponsors. Okay, when you find them, I agree. You also have to be a little patient. You can't be overly aggressive with them because don't forget they are very busy people. So you got to fi- always be human. It's like it comes back to like treat almost in a way, it's like don't be afraid to be a pain in their ass. You've asked any of my mentors, any of my sponsors, 
I'm a, I'm a big pain in their ass. I earned that right, though. I've built a relationship with them over the years to do that. But I also think that you shouldn't be afraid to do that because I think at the end of the day, people genuinely want to help people. 100%. Well, the one tip that I've learned, uh, at least from this call, uh, call is to establish a text-based relationship with people. I think that's it's it, it's the it's simple. It works. It's succinct and it's fun. And uh, uh, and if you can get people to that level, I think uh, I think you you unlock a different level of relationship. I think I think it's it's important. I mean, now there are some people that like to do Slack in our world now these days, yeah. or Discord, or any of those other things, right? Yeah. All of those things yeah. work too. But I think Correct. I think texting inherently has been a very personal thing or it has become has a very personal perception to it right and so uh uh it's it's great so thank you for sharing that ted of course absolutely all right let's uh, let's go to the i would say the fun part of this mm-hmm. podcast right mm-hmm. um uh, where we get to share the stage with other people and so we always ask our guests if they could share a couple of other people who they admire and respect in the uh, in the profession uh, that they would recommend that we bring on as guests on the show. Absolutely. So, uh, so the first guy Asher that I'll re- that I'll refer to you um, is actually my very first enterprise sales leader, a gentleman by the name of Mike Harris. Uh, he lives in the UK at the time, though he hired me. At, at my uh, my first startup uh, after Yext um, back in 2011, um, he is the VP of global sales for a German tech company called Parcel Lab. Um, and the second person that I'll refer to you, Asher, um, is a, an incredible speaker. Um, he is a sales guy at heart. He makes data fascinating. Um, and that is Christian Ward um, at Yext. Um, he is, I believe, the chief data officer at Yext. Um, he and I are uh, the original boomerangs um, to to come and go and, and return back to Yext. Um, and he just, again, makes data come alive. Well, superb. I mean, on this podcast, we especially love data people, given that we <clears throat> data is going to be such an integral part of all of our professional and personal lives going forward. And so thank you for those rec- recommendations. Absolutely. And so we also ask people, and this is could be a little bit of a curveball for you, is uh, we like to ask people if they were to condense this podcast into a hashtag, what would their hashtag be? So I'm asking you, like, Rory, if we converted this to a po- hashtag, what would your hashtag be? I'm torn, but I... Um... I think I know what it would be. Hashtag always be human. I think that's the theme of this. I think we should have themed this always be human rather than playing for the long term. <laughs> but both go side and side, uh, hand in hand, you know. So, so, so it's, it's great. Well, Rory, I've thoroughly enjoyed this, and uh, and you clearly come off as a extremely passionate person, and uh, and at least from when. I asked some other people about you. They said they use the words "he is the real deal," and uh, and that came loud and clear on this podcast. So thank you for joining us uh, today. And as we wrap up, how can people connect with you to learn more about you or some of the stuff that you've shared today? And yeah, thank you, Asher. This has been a lot of fun, uh, and thank you for those kind words. Uh, find me on LinkedIn, Rory Stern um, on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me. Um, love meeting new people. Um, yeah, absolutely. 
Loris, stay in touch with us and uh, best of luck on your journey. Thank you, Asher. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.